We thank God for River Valley Fellowship of Ministries. And during the music, if you have a word, you need to talk to one of the leaders here and get a confirmation that you're hearing from the spirit realm. It's a, a wonderful thing to be able to prove. The Bible says, prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Yes. We're not trying to regulate anybody. We're trying to move with the spirit. And when the spirit gets to moving, we want to let him move. Amen. Because he's the power that we need in here and in our personal lives. Thank you for all coming. The Bible says to the praise of the glory of his grace, we're, in, we're accepted in the beloved. You're a treasure that God has designed. You're a wonderful gift to the body of Christ. And may God be lifted up and may we be glorifying him in the spirit realm and set, try to set aside anything that would easily beset you or weight you down mm -hmm. because we need to let it go and let him in Amen. with that we're going to go with the music wow lord wow great is your faithfulness great to each one in the room Men, women, children, great is your faithfulness. Father, your love has been shed abroad in our heart. Faith worketh by love. May the manifestation of love in us be more bold, be more pure, be more knowledgeable. For love covers. Love covers. For God so loved the world. That means us and everybody else. Do much is forgiven that love much. And everyone in this room has been forgiven much.
It's not what you think about yourself, it's what's in your heart. Your mind can be a trash can. But you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. like to have you greet somebody and say to them you're loved and special and after you do that you can sit down On Monday, we started uh, the prayer group, and Pastor John opened up uh, about talking about magnifying Christ. And I said, I've done a lot of camping, and sometimes I've had to use a magnifying glass to start a fire. If the sun wasn't out, then it didn't work. But the sun, S-O-N, is always out. And the more we magnify him, the greater the knowledge of him becomes in us. And the greater the wisdom becomes in us. My calling is basically in evangelism. I've been doing it for 40 years. We worked the streets in St. Cloud, Minnesota this summer, and it's different than the inner city where I've done most of my evangelizing. Everything I've learned over the years is about magnifying Christ and delivering the love of Christ to the lost. Everything I've learned on being at staff at two different churches is about loving the brethren and learning from Christ how to love them more. Because there's a love that passes all understanding. 
In the music tonight, there was a flow of comfort, and he's called the comforter. The comforter come to magnify Christ. And everything that has to do with the church has to do with the kingdom of heaven. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life because I've been unhinged with boldness and no, basically no wisdom. And at times I've done stuff where I've said to the Lord, what did you think of that? He said, I can't believe you did that. And my wife knows what I'm talking about. I've gotten better over the years. But I did most of my ministry in North Minneapolis and in St. Paul. And I went into the toughest areas you could get because that was my life earlier. But everything that needs to be done tonight in the spirit realm this I say, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians 5.16 Walking in the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. I've worked every ethnic group in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And I'll come back to that a little later. But I run to read to you something about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, give me the strength. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Many of you need to discern the times that we're living in. Some recognize it more than others. But we're living basically in the end days, in the end time of this dispensation. And there's two scriptures I want to give you right now. One from... Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved or rescued. John chapter 14, verse 6. And it's interesting, because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father, but or by through me. Jesus Christ, Lord of Lords, blessed and only potentate, the eternal, the uh, King eternal, immortal, invisible, anointed, the Christ, the Messiah, the chosen one, the Lamb of God, the glory of God, the Word of God, the only begotten of the Father, Emmanuel, Son of Man, Son of God, 
wonderful counselor, everlasting God, everlasting father, the power of God, the wisdom of God, the holiness of God, the wise God, the prince of God, the prince of peace, the redeemer, the chief shepherd, the great high priest, the great shepherd of the sheep, universal supreme head of the church, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lifted up, magnified. I've prepared a lot tonight, and uh, again, uh, when I'm sitting up front, uh, God changes things up because He's Lord. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the personal part of evangelism. And the personal part of identifying when you walk up to somebody you don't know. And I've done it thousands of times in different countries. Africa, Europe, a lot in the United States. And you walk up to somebody you don't know. And you need the wisdom of God and you need the confidence of the word of God. You need the boldness coupled with love. You need to be able to identify what you're dealing with in a short period of time by words and non-communication. In some of the areas that we've traveled in and done witnessing, people are really... In a, in a state of confusion, a state of uh, surviving for food, a state of surviving just a street. In some of the other areas I've worked, like Minnetonka in the Excelsior area, where there's people with abundance, they've got a different need. I said to this girl on, in Excelsior, there's a theater on the main street and there's an ice cream shop right across the street. And there was a girl standing here with a thing in her tongue and multiple things in her ears and her lips were black and her eyes were black and she was with four other girls. Now listen, by the Spirit of God, I said to her, I'm here to talk to you about the love of God. And the response out of her, my family, we live in a million dollar house or more. My dad is rich beyond the compare. She said to me, there's no love in our house at all. Mary's standing with her. The other girls are listening to me. And so I continued, now listen carefully, by the inspiration and the ability to identify what the Spirit of God wanted me to say to her. I started saying to her, you're a jewel that Christ died for. You're a designer model. And you'll only live one time on this earth, young lady. I've got the attention not by Vern Norton, not by what I know, but what's coming from the Spirit. 
And she's intensely listening to me. Because the words I'm speaking are not carnal. But they're spiritual. And they're like an arrow. And I can see her bow her head. And, and she's being touched, not in the soulish realm, but in the spirit realm. And I say a few more words about how important she is from the spirit realm. Then I said to her, do you, not know, do you want to know the love of Christ? And she said, yes. I wasn't even addressing the other girls, and they agreed. Because it was spiritual, not carnal. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I'm going to say something by the Spirit right now. This church is endeavoring, everybody in it right now, based upon the gifts and the calling of God, are desiring to get to know the spirit realm more than the natural realm. Tell me, when you get to heaven, will there be a dairy queen there? That's carnal. Because we really don't know the opulence and the beauty of heaven, but nothing in heaven will be carnal. Carnal is here because of what Adam did. And so we're starting churches. And if I get involved with some of the business and some of the weights that are involved with it, I can start worrying in gut carnal. I have to fight that battle as a human. It would be nice that I could take the carnal off and leave it in the closet. But it has a tendency to follow me wherever I go. And nobody can get rid of it until they die. But we can overcome it by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It's interesting because if you're going to do the witnessing or the spreading of the gospel, it takes time to get acquainted with the Holy Spirit and the word of God. I use my personal testimony a lot. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. A lot of times I don't hear the second part of their verse quoted. I'm not in love with me. I don't say mirror, mirror on the wall who's the greatest of them all. And I say me. I've learned to understand who I am. I know who I am in Christ, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't know it all. But I've grown a lot in the sense of coming from prison to the pulpit. That's a great change. And I give all the glory, the magnification to God. 
The gifts and the calling of God are without revoke, are not revocable. That means he can not take them away. But the gifts need to be recognized and in the Word of God, studying the Word of God. Now I'm going to say something I'll read a little later. The words that are in this Bible here are spiritual and they're a manifestation of God to mankind. You don't have to look far to see and feel a manifestation because it's right here. I can say that to people, and some would say, I never heard that before. If I got a letter from you, it would be a manifestation of you. This is a letter from God, and it magnifies, it manifests, it's a manifestation of His thoughts and purposes to mankind. People are looking for all signs and wonders at times, but they got one right in their house in the closet or in their car or wherever it may be. When you quote the Word of God, you're quoting a manifestation of the, of the power of God. Every time I see or hear somebody say, Jesus, come into my heart, It's a manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. I never doubt what I'm hearing. Because the Bible says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. It's a spiritual power that's hard to recognize in anything in the natural realm because it's spirit. I said to the little boy out on the street in South Minneapolis after he prayed the prayer, and I said to him, if you want to talk to Jesus, church, talk to your stomach. And oh, I know you're not mannequins. You can get involved here. (laughs) Because the body of Christ is alive. The body of Christ is alive in Christ. We get to move and live in Him and talk with Him and commune with Him. And it's so important that we do that. I'm going to give you a definition of manifestation. And it's from one of the dictionaries, the one that really applies a lot of the words to the gospel. The word manifestation is a noun. It means appearance, event, coming into sight. Epiphany, divine manifestation. A theothopy, a visible yet not necessarily material manifestation of a deity to a human person. The Word of God, 
the manifestation of the mind and the will of God. Every time you come to church and there's a man or a woman in the pulpit, any time they're singing about Jesus, it's a manifestation of the Word. It's as great of a manifestation as a deliverance or say a salvation. Because the Word of God is going out free course. A lot of people don't know that. I'm saying, John, a lot of people don't know that. There's a natural and supernatural. Everything in this Bible has been breathed by God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness. You should be able to prick it up and feel it. The Old Testament, they actually kissed the Bible. They, they loved the Bible. Many Christians don't do that. I heard a major minister say that he was at a minister conference not long ago, and he was talking to people about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he, it was all ministers. And some of them had said they never prayed in tongues for 20 years. Tongues is a manifestation of the Spirit of God in us. Remember, the Word of God is a manifestation of God. It's from Him. It's His Word. In 1980, I was working for the Hennepin County Court Services. I took a vacation to International Falls, and what what went with me is a man named Archie, and his parents lived in International Falls, that's where he was raised, and we were going up there to fish on the Rainy River. And it was in the spring of the year, and you can fish there after before opening because it's a boundary water area. Now listen what's going to happen. My two daughters are with me, Dina and Kea. And we go to a site where there's uh, open water on the Rainy River. There's a rapids right about where we're at and in clear water for maybe uh, 200 yards. We're fishing. I have a 16-foot fishing boat, a Lumacraft with a 25-horse Johnson on it. And we had been out fishing and catching walleyes. And uh, we were on the shore, and a canoe was coming down towards the rapids. Three guys in it, heavily dressed because the ice was still on the water. Cold. They got to the rapids in the boat. A canoe flipped over in the rapids. I'm on the shore, and Archie was with me. I said to Archie, let's go. There's three boats out there, and two of the men are swimming in the water. They got parkas on, and uh, the three or four fishing boats that were around them were all small boats like mine. They all vacated. They all left. It took us maybe 10 or 15 seconds from the shore to get out to where they were at. And where they were at, there was two men in the water, and one 18-year-old boy hooked 
to the bottom of the canoe with an anchor rope. So I said to Archie, you need to lean over on this side of the boat and they'll come in on this side, otherwise they will tip over the boat. Both of them come in over the boat. Now I'm looking at the rapids that were about a 100 yards away and I'm circling the canoe and there's an 18-year-old boy caught in the anchor ropes. And so I'm circling him, and I get close enough to look down at him, and all I see is eyeballs. He can't get free. So I say to him, son, you're going to have to trust me. I'm saying to you with the times ahead, what's coming on in our nation, you need to trust God like never you've trusted Him before. You need to get in the Word of God. You need to study the Word of God. You need to know what security you have in the secret place of the Most High. I say to the young boy, I don't know his age at that time, I don't know nothing about him, but I look down and he can't move. I know if we hit the rapids, he's gone. So I have a side cutter in the boat. It's a big, like a big scissor. And I say to him, son, you're going to have to trust me. And all I see is eyeballs. He may weigh 160 pounds. He's not a big kid. And I reached down and cut the rope and I grabbed him right by the front of his jacket and threw him in the boat. I didn't know his dad owned a car dealership in International Falls. I didn't know any of this until I got him in the boat. But what I did is I talked to some of the men that were in other boats and I said to them, why didn't you respond? And they were afraid they would tip over their boat. What are you afraid of? As a Christian, you've not been given a spirit of fear. The only thing I'm really interested in, I reverence God. I don't want to miss God. And I've done it many times. And yet his love covered me protected me. There's been individuals that I run into the body of Christ that treated me with the Christ-type attitude when I wanted to quit. When I said to God, I can't be a Christian, you know my past, God. And one of them was a missionary from the First Baptist Church in Anoka. She had been a missionary in Africa. And her name was Eunice. She said, Vern, don't quit. Don't quit. And there was power in the words because they were spiritual. They weren't being delivered because of sympathy or empathy. All of them are important, but they were spiritual. When she spoke these words, they went into me and strengthened me instantly.
I was in the prayer group this morning and I was talking about individuals. In the Bible, when a leper would come on the scene, whether a man or woman or child and they have leprosy, they had to scream, unclean, unclean. And I've worked in areas I've had young women say to me, God can want nothing to do with me. I had one girl say to me, she had killed another girl. And again, I had heard all kinds of stuff. There is nobody outside of the body of Christ that can be saved. They can all be saved. If they'll... If the, if the person dealing with them is walking in the Spirit, and I've, I've been on the streets where I heard other preachers say, burn, uh, get saved or burn. And I said, Lord, there's something not right with that. Bibles, the Bible says, Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy men, I came to save men. Matthew chapter 18, verse 12 and 14. How think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, and doth he not leave the ninety-nine and go with the, into the mountains and seek that which was gone astray? And if so, verse 13... Be that he find it. Verily I say unto you, he rejoices more over that sheep than the ninety-nine that went which not astray. Even so is it not the will of the Father which is in heaven that of these little ones none should perish. If you pick up the next scripture, there's some people in here that have been in a battle and are coming out of a battle, and it will help you immensely. Matthew chapter 14, verse 24 through 31. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea and tossed with waves. For the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out with fear, And straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now listen carefully. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to Jesus. When he saw 
the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. Now listen carefully. He cried, saying, Lord, rescue me. I can't believe what, in a sense of a man thinking what is about to happen. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. It wasn't an hour debating about why he was in the water, what he did wrong, what, what, like a counseling session. It was immediately. That's a love of God in the manifestation in a sense of a person being in a, a ditch that responded right away because of God's love for the individual Peter. And he didn't have a counseling session in the water with Peter, why he was doubted. They got in the boat and he said unto him, O ye of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? That was the end of it. It wasn't a two-hour counseling session about why he didn't have the faith. Jesus just said a statement, but he ministered to him right away. He saved him. He rescued him right away. Don't wait if you're in trouble financially. Don't wait in trouble if your marriage is going bad or you've got a kid that's in the ditch. Come to Jesus. Plead. Rescue him. You've got a scripture to stand. It was immediately. He didn't say to Peter, learn how to swim first. Get a life preserver. Jesus knew the dis, uh, the desperation of where Peter was at and whatever's going on in your life, whatever happens in the years ahead, uh, politically, financially, you always got the power to say to Jesus, rescue me. I pray you don't miss this. Because he's in the rescue business. I will say this, Lazarus laid in the tomb. Could he rescue himself? He's dead. His sister said he stinks. And the Son of Man goes and shows up and rescues him. Interesting about the word rescue. I'm going to give you a number of... uh, Because everybody that's not saved needs to be rescued. In 1940, there was a place called Dunkirk. It's across from England. And the Germans had driven forces of the Brits, the French, and other people into Dunkirk. In May the 26th, of 1940, there was over 400,000 men on the beaches at Dunkirk. And they needed to rescue the men. There was 20 miles between England and Dunkirk, and every boat, at the bathtub, anything they could get, the people started uh, 
putting to sail to get to Dunkirk. In an 11-day period, there was rescued off that beach 338,000 people. I'm going to say something really important here about the Spirit. We're in the rescue time of America and all the church for rescuing people that are lost. We're in the latter rain, and it's going to happen. The rapture of the church is going to come, and we're in the biggest rescue mode in the world's history and the spiritual history because the precious fruit of the earth needs to be saved. Those who will. It's interesting to read about Dunkirk because many of the boats that left England were small. Were, some were yachts, some were barely could make it. But the desire of the people was save and rescue those that were going to be killed. Let me ask you, those that know about the book of Revelation... After they take the mark, what will rescue them? Theologians in there, they can't be saved. So the only rescue period we're in right now is what we do as the body of Christ. What we do to get out of ourselves and not fear what people are going to think about us when we walk up to somebody and say, do you know where you're going to go when you die? Do you know how much Jesus loves you? And they say, get away from me. And you walk away boo-hooing because you've just been rejected. I'm going to say something important. That's pride. I'm going to say it again. I've said to people, and I just heard a major minister talking about this, and he said he was uniquely timid about his ministry. He said this in tapes. His name is Andrew Womack. And what God did to him, he changed him. And then he said, anybody that thinks they can't witness, it's a reverse pride. Because in you is Christ. How timid is he? What won't the Holy Spirit do if you allow him? Remember, everything is about evangelism tonight and what the calling on the planning of churches is not to go up there and have a good time and have picnics. It's all about whatever we start a church is about the people, the lost, then them that are floundering and to be saved. In drugs, alcohol, divorce, and all the things of the world, we got the answer. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the hope of glory. I failed it, and I was boohooing about it. And God says, what are you boohooing about? I can fix anything. And I thought, well, that's, that's true. Why, why am I? And I got a revelation. I needed to trust Christ. I've done a lot of worrying. 
She would have done. <laughs> There's people in here that have been through battles and you've been rescued. You may be in the place of still being rescued. Let them do it. Don't interfere with the rescue. Their man sitting in the front row. His name is John. You've been rescued. The rescue is still going on. Let him do it, John. You don't have to worry anymore. Don't take it on. You were jewelry. You're in a perfect position, John. The rescue is on the scene. First Corinthians nine twenty two. To the weak I become weak as weak, that I may gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save or rescue some. First Corinthians nine twenty two. This not, does not mean in that I go on to alcoholics and I become an al- alcoholic to wet, try and witness to them. There's an absolute pure course about understanding where they're at in the spirit realm and applying the spirit power, the spirit wisdom, the, the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit to gain them out of the realm of drugs and alcohol. Remember, he becomes all things to all men that he might save some. Psalms 91, verse 14. A beautiful psalm. There's a lot in it. Verse 14. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. The King James says, saved. I will protect him. For he has acknowledged my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. What does the word rescue mean? And I'm going to give you a definition. The definition of what rescue means. Liberate. Release, save, redeem, ransom, extricate, emancipate, recover, salvage. Liberation, deliverance, release, redemption, emancipation. The word rescue is a unique word. In 1981, working in the court system, 
I had a life of craziness. Uh, as an ex-convict, I was working in the criminal justice system, and my wife is sitting here, and I had reached my cup runneth over with sin. I was close to committing suicide. I seen no light, and God rescued me. He showed up on Wednesday night. I did at a church because my wife said to go. But I was desperate like Peter was. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know where to go because I didn't know God. But she did. And she drove me uh, to a church in South Minneapolis called Speak the Word Church. And I went forth at the end, and I got saved. God rescued me. You know what he rescued me from? Me. He rescued me from me. Certainly the enemy was involved, but I did. I was led uh, basically hook, line, and sinker, so to speak, into the realm of evil. I burglarized churches, and yet God rescued me. No matter what a person has done wrong, depending on the application of your character inside of you, what Jesus can influence, you can have an impact on people that nobody else can based upon the the, uh, holy connection that God has set you with that person. The more you learn about the personality of the comforter, the more you learn about the Word of God and stay close to people that are going to generate faith in you and speak good things over you. The Bible says, Come out and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing from Second Corinthians. I went to Living Word, and the first week I was there, I had an argument with Mac Hammond. He was lined in the fine, and I was loose as a goose. And yet he licensed me. Because it wasn't about my flesh, it was about the gift that God gave me. And again, if we look at the information that's coming from the Bible, it's so spiritual that the enemy tries to get the Bible so it's not picked up, not digested. Just imagine eating food and you never can digest it. You'd die. And people who don't read or don't get saved die and go to hell. I had a lot of scriptures to share about salvation. But if you're not kind to the people living in your home, how are you going to witness to people outside your home? Brother Hagen said the first place he would go to find if a person was walking in love was go visit their family. That's what he said. Wayne and Patty have been with me on mission trips and Mary, and the utmost thing that I desire to do 
is to treat the unlovable with God's love. You're all gifted. That's what the Bible says. There's nobody in here that's not gifted. If you don't know what your gift is, you need to get in the Bible. It will show you. The Holy Spirit will illuminate to you where you go and what you do need to do. I've been around gifted men like Jonah. Jonah said some stuff to me. It just said uh, that at... Uh, on the prayer meeting on Wednesday, he said, you need to concentrate on evangelism. I've been obedient to do that. I'm going to quote you a scripture, basically, and this is a Vern Norton paraphrase, but obedience is better than sacrifice. Doing the will of God is doing something you may not want to do, but God told you to do. You're going to be obedient. This whole ministry this week is to fulfill a gap, a time gap, and a ministry gap, and an information gap that comes from heaven. Are you too busy to read the Word? I'm no too, never too busy to treat my wife with respect. You still see her limping? She was almost killed in the 2006. We were in Switzerland with John and Robin Roberts. We come back and we're hit by a deer on a motorcycle. And by the grace of God and mercy of God, he rescued her from death. I'm going to say something here. To love somebody and lose them, you don't have any idea what type of grief can be involved. I was here out of my wits in a sense. The doctor's telling me she's going to die because they had to take part of her skull out. They said they had to remove a blood clot off of her brain. She didn't have, she had a hole the size of my fist in her head for over 45 days. Her eyes and her brain swelled up. Her eyes come out of her eye sockets about this far because of the swelling of her brain. And yet, the only rescuer I could go to, the only peace that I had at night was to go to the Prince of Peace. I heard, I had some Christians say to me, what kind of sin were you in? I had a pastor say that to me. And I said to my inside, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they say. The time frame that we're living in, at 78 years old, and starting in work in East St. Paul, has been a challenge to me. In the spirit realm, uh, it, it's a warfare, uh, and I knew it was coming. But again, on the other side, I need to have strength in my mortal body to be able to complete the course. And I have to be in a constant state of trust. In the secret place of the Most High, what is the secret place? 
anybody have the answer? I believe that it's in the gifts of the recreated human spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Love knows no jealousy. I'm not jealous of another minister. What good is it? It only hurt me. Again, when the gifts of the Spirit are in manifestation, the Word of God will leave the way, the Holy Spirit will open the way, and the Holy Spirit will perform the way. The gifts and the calling of God are in, in a, inside of you. And again, if you know, know what they are, you need to search and you will find Evangelism is basically geared to the freshest fruit of the earth, James 4.7. God is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. I heard Brother Hagen talking about it a lot. The freshest fruit is waiting on the church. That's us. And again, you look at it and say, what can I do? Say your neighbor comes over to borrow something, uh, sugar or whatever, and I just use that. Tell them they're loved. Sneak up on bathrooms at uh, Walmart. Somebody goes in and sits on on the pot, yell, Jesus loves you, and run. It's a witness. I'm saying you got to start somewhere. If if J- Pastor John just contemplated starting churches and he never put it to action, there wouldn't be the churches opening up what's what he's doing because love is always in action. I'm saying to you if you've had a Peter Encounter where you've been in a place of needing rescue, acknowledge God, and He will continue the rescue till it's complete. You've got a scripture. He didn't let Peter drown. And it wasn't long after uh, the scripture here, Peter was saying to Jesus, You're not going to go to Jerusalem and die. And Jesus is saying, Get behind me, Satan. Of all the things that I look out and I see the love of God sitting in every pew, every chair, every place I look, I'm looking at the love of God because it's shed or brought in your heart. If you don't exercise it, it won't work for you. I, me and Mary exercise love every day. And at 57 years in marriage, it gets stronger, not weaker. Exercising Jesus' love by practicing. And you start in your own home. And I will say this to husbands. You're the leader. You need to manifest. You need to talk. You need to be able to communicate. The treasure living with you is designed by God, made by God, to be a helpmate, to support you. And the greatest way you're going to get support out is by loving.
and giving. I can't give Mary some things, but I give what I got. Peter said at the gate, beautiful, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give. And I can quote you scripture after scripture where it says, basically, faith worketh by love. The foundation, when uh, it's talking about uh, neither people are neither saved by circumcision or uncircumcision, but they're saved by faith, which worketh by love. If you don't know about love, read chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. Take it, quote it backwards and forwards, and you'll get it. I've had to study it over and over. I believe I'm done in a sense of the Word of God. But if there's somebody in here that's in the place of need of rescue, I don't want to miss it. If you're here and you've never received Christ, you need to be rescued. I'm not going to drive up with an EMT truck and try to take you to the hospital to rescue you. It can be done right here. Right on the spot. And if you're saved and you're in a problem that you need rescuing, talk to God. He will do it. Drugs are killing people at 100,000 a year just fentanyl. Suicide in juveniles is at a great rate. Suicide in other areas at epidemic proportion. The city in Minneapolis is in, and other cities is in a, a downturn of a lawlessness and rebellion. Who is going to save America? Who is going to save or rescue America? The Russians? The Chinese? Venezuela? The only power that I know of that is in the world and in every other sphere is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor John has been talking about power. Andrew Womack is talking about a third great awakening and so is other ministers talking about the last days, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. It will be a dual manifestation, so to speak. A one side doing righteousness in the power of God and the other side of doing evil and calling good evil and and evil good. Isaiah 5.20 But I'm looking out here and a powerhouse sits right in this church. Not a nuclear power plant, but a spiritual power plant called the body. Actually, Jesus said, I'm going to leave in greater works will you do. And I've heard a lot of people say, what does that mean? It means greater works. But it takes faith to be able to do that. This ministry loves you. 
RVFM is founded on the, the straight foundation of grace, mercy, peace, and love. All the attendance of the Bible is, is born, is raised on them, as started early with Pastor Dan Dennison, and is continuing, continuing through other ministries. The only way that I know, I went into a housing project in South Minneapolis called Little Earth. And another group at Living Word, uh, husband and wife team were praying for that area for over a year. They were Fern and Phil Howerson. And the first night I went into, by the Spirit of God, there was like, 15 Native Americans that prayed and got saved. Over a period of three years, there was thousands or more that got saved there by the foundation of prayer. They led the way. I, I spoke the word and God saved them. It was an easy ministry, but it was doable because I knew who the power was. Father God, I've given the word tonight to the best of my ability. And I prayed that you would take me further than my ability and your power would come through the words that I've spoken. May your grace enfold these people in this auditorium. May your power of revelation knowledge impact Pastor John and the other pastors that are involved here, and the pastors that are come. There's a completion this week, and it will be completed by the destiny of the Holy Spirit, by the yielding of the things of the Spirit. Love to you, in peace around you as you go tonight. And may your homes be a shining example of the love of Christ and the husbands standing out and treating their children and their wives the jewels that they are. There's great beauty in the room. The beauty of holiness. May it shine brightly on this church. May the years encompass John with strength and wisdom as he guides this church by the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of God. For the wisdom of God will come as any man ask, according to James 1. May the power of the Holy Spirit be recognized here and accepted when he mingles among the congregation and manifest words of knowledge, words of wisdom, miracles, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy, all the nine gifts, may they be uh, uh, manifested in a way that it benefits the people freely have received, freely give. But most of all, that Jesus be magnified. There should be no stranger walk in this church left untouched. They should be greeted, loved, and manifest the love of Christ to them because that bears disciples. 
and discipling of people makes them workers for Christ. I've led many people to the Lord where I've not known what has happened to them, but I've done that based upon trusting that whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Prayerfully, by the power of insight coming to the leadership as it grows in grace in this church and grows in knowledge of how to do, what to do, when to do, that it will be obeyed so the Holy Spirit doesn't have to spend years like he did with me, rescuing me from one ditch to another. The time is running out, Lord, in this dispensation. May we be offerers of our bodies and our minds so we can do the perfect and acceptable will of God. You're a beautiful congregation. For me to stand in front of people that represent the kingdom of God, I am fully uh, honored, graced. We love you. This church loves you. The people in here should love one another. So all men will know that you're my disciples if you have loved one to another. And what does that mean? Love is in action. I had a minister on staff at Living Word say to me one day, he said, he said, I, I, I know, I know you in the spirit realm. I said, hey, give me scripture for that. I said, uh, you can know me for my, my, my fruit, but you can't know what's going on in my spirit. Only God can. But I know that if I am recognized by love, you know who you're seeing? Not Vern Norton. Not Mary Norton. Not Pastor John. You're seeing Christ. And may we walk in the area of the beauty of holiness. Actually, the Bible says, Be holy, for I am holy. Grace, mercy, peace to everybody here. May they grow expeditiously in your word, Father. May they be uh, uh, walking grace, mercy, peace to other people that are lost. And I pray that people will seek you out. I pray that if you're at uh, Walmart, somebody walks up to you and say, I see Jesus all over you. What are you going to do, Ron? Are you going to witness to him? You say, can that happen? It's hap- it happen- has ha- not happened much to me. But people have said to me, what's different about you? I go, Jesus! <laughs> they say, oh. But I talk to them and I love them. And there's no way that we cannot do the work of the ministry without this working. Father God, I'm finished tonight. May the people be gifted as they go. May they return with an anticipation to the next meeting tomorrow night. Because there's going to be a gift in the pulpit, powered by the Holy Spirit, endued by the, the wisdom of heaven.
may he shine brightly to the words and to the Spirit of God that he speaks like an oracle and walks in the Spirit of God because that's what you would have him to do. In Jesus' name be blessed. Thank you all. We love your your special people. Thank you very much.